Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 534. And Aerosmith with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Weather's going to be great if you're a duck. Oh. Even ducks don't like this kind of weather. Uh, it's going to be rainy with a high of 54 today. Tomorrow, rainy with a high of 44. It's 39 right now in downtown Springfield. Pretty sure we're going to get to Am I the A-Hole today. We absolutely are. And we're also going <laughs> to review uh, uh, an email from a, 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 former, a former employee who uh, just wanted to make it tough for everybody to yeah. say. Makes it tough to say goodbye. A beautiful exit, as I would call it. Fantastic. Yeah. We'll get to that and a whole lot more this morning. It's 535 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. New England Patriots football. Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 551 and Van Halen with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Rain for the next couple of days. 54 for a high today. 44 for a high tomorrow. It's 39 right now in downtown Springfield. Go ahead. Oh, oh, oh we're, just, we're just Jump going. Right into going it. right into, into it. Thing. There you go. Somehow you still care about what's happening in Hollywood. So from Tinseltown, 3,000 miles away, it's Steve Nagel's Hollywood trash. Uh, Avengers star Jeremy Renner posted a selfie from his hospital bed yesterday. He captured it, quote, Thank you all for your kind words. I'm too messed up to type, but I send love to you all. You hear what happened to this dude? He got run over by like a plow. Yeah, he was operating a 14,000 pounds uh, snow groomer called the Piston Bully and was helping a family member whose car had gotten stuck on his private road. And after getting the car unstuck, he hopped out of the snow groomer thinking it was in park, but it started rolling and he tried to jump back into it, but he fell and got run over. Ugh. Lucky he's alive. He is lucky he was alive. And you know, from what I understand, he was out there for a good long time because they had to find him. Yeah. And then, you know, I had to, like, ping his phone in order to find him. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, this is why I pick and choose what size, uh, size, uh, size and shape power equipment I want to use outside. You don't have a 14,000-pound snow groomer just hanging around your house like I, most people do? No, I don't. I actually let uh, nature groom itself. What is a piston bully? I got to check this thing out. Uh, eh, it's not giving me the link quick enough. Wasn't, but I'm sure uh, wasn't uh, Bill Lambier a piston bully? <laughs> I think he was. Oh, look at this. It's 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 slowly loading. Snow gro- Oh, it's one of those like tank things with the plow on the front. Yes. Damn. He got run over by that. He's I mean, you're absolutely right. He's he's lucky he didn't die. Uh neighbors brought towels and rendered first aid until help could arrive. There was not a doctor present as previous reports had claimed. It's not clear if a mechanical issue caused the accident or if Jeremy had failed to put put the machine in park before he jumped out. He probably forgot to put it in park. I uh, probably. You remember when you learned stick shift for the first time? There was yes. a couple of times when I can't imagine that the, you know he's like so trained in using this thing. No, he's probably not, but nevertheless, no, he's man. He's probably a guy with a lot of money who goes, hey, you know what? I could use one of those things for my uh, house out in wherever it was, Utah or something. I could use this uh, for that. Yeah, my uh, my slopes are not are not groomed well enough. Uh, and so you buy one of these things. You got to strap in. Yeah, you do. got to strap in. Angelina Jolie was spotted at a London cafe with Irish actor Paul Mescal. He's 26. She's 47. Angelina and her daughter uh, Shiloh had just seen Paul perform in a local production of A Streetcar Named Desire. Yeah, boy. You know, um, a guy, uh, 
26 years old, 47. She's got, what, like eight kids? Yes. You know, that's just for fun. That's what he's doing for fun. Yeah, I, I can't know. imagine a 26-year-old going, you know what? I want to move in with you tomorrow. But even at 26, that's a heck, a heck of a trophy right there. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. Yes, but th- it's just the trophy. Like, you're not taking all the other little trophies that came with it. No, that's, sometimes you got to accept the extra baggage. The actors who played the leads in the 1968 Romeo and Juliet are suing Paramount for child abuse and sexually exploiting them by making them do a nude scene while they were minors. They're seeking damages believed to be in excess of $500 million. I didn't know they had nude scenes back in 1968 in uh, sure know, they did. mainstream films. Oh, yes. You really? kidding me? Sure. I thought it was the first uh, nude mainstream movie. Uh, I'm trying to remember. There were some uh, there were some awful good ones back then. I think it was the best little whorehouse in Texas. Nah, that was like the 80s. That but was? like, uh, yeah, Last Tango in Paris. Yeah. Woo, man, what's wrong with that? I never saw that. Was it a good one? Uh, Midnight Cowboy had a lot of uh, nudity and stuff. Midnight, really? Yes. I don't remember that. You didn't see it in the theaters. I saw it on video. It was out there. All right. I'll take your word for it. Yellowstone creator Taylor Sheridan makes sure the action is authentic in his shows by having his actors go through a cowboy boot camp. In it, they have to learn how to ride a horse and lasso and use old school six shooters. Yeehaw! I feel like I'm a little old to be playing uh, cowboys and Native Americans. You're a little old for that? I feel like I am. Maybe we should have uh, Michael Landon's daughter on the show. That was in. That's in Yellowstone, and then be told not to ask her about Michael know, Landon, prairie life, or <laughs> or cowboy life. Yeah, whatever you do, don't ask her about her father. Yeah. Ryan Seacrest claimed on live yesterday that Andy Cohen snubbed him during their competing New Year's Eve broadcast, but Kelly Ripa told him, "quote That's not true. He said he was trying to get your attention." Dude, Andy Cohen was cocked. He wasn't paying attention to anybody but Dr. McGillicuddy and the Blue Nun. I was going to say, uh, aren't they all drunk? They're loaded. Even Ryan Seacrest? I don't think, I think Seacrest probably, you know, doesn't drink or whatever. He's probably professional enough not to do that on live television. Yeah, but they hired Andy Cohen for the specific purpose of being inebriated during a big time broadcast. I'm not even sure Anderson Cooper was drunk this time. No, I don't think it, it was Don Lemon last time, wasn't yes. it? Yes. He was all uh, kissing people and all oh, that stuff. Yes. That Don Lemon makes your mouth squint. Ooh. A little lemon in your mouth. A little sour taste in your mouth. Yeah. Sure. Back in the 90s, Dionne Warwick called a bunch of gangster rappers to her home to cuss them out over their lyrics. Snoop Dogg says, quote, We were the most gangster as you could be, but that day at Dionne Warwick's house, I believe we got out gangstered. <laughs> That's that's actually pretty funny. That I would have loved to have seen her go off on those guys. Well, I mean, you know, I, I was you know thinking about this yesterday that most of these people like Snoop, it's all entertainment. It's an entertainment aspect to what they do. Yeah. So they're not really gangsters, and they're not really you know they might have come from 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 uh, childhoods and neighborhoods and things like that where they saw all that stuff. But they're not. They're entertainers. They're just making albums. That's all they're doing. And someone like Dionne Warwick 
had to face a different kind of environment to, to kick and claw her way to success. Yeah. She also. Did, she did that Psychic Friends Network. You're not a psychic. That's what they should have said to her. And Kim Kardashian says she'll be blonde until September and then go dark in the fall. Really? <clears throat> she, must have, she must have had something to say. She had something in her mouth. Hang on. Really? Yeah. She said, oh, my God. <laughs> The last time I went dark in the fall was when Ray J filled my clunge pool and it was dripping like George Foreman's grill. <laughs> and that sex tape you can purchase on YouTube. Just set it and forget it. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's the Ronco. <laughs> that's a whole different rotisserie thing. That's that's something else that we got to show. Hey, Caitlin. I never got that down and dirty with your mother, Chris Kim, but I once made her wetter than a bathmaid's elbow. <laughs> I was wrist-thick one deep in the balloon knot. Oh, my God. What are you trying to say? What I'm trying to say is her oyster ditch was sliming like a rabid dog. <laughs> Good pop. And that's your, ho- your Hollywood trash on Rock 102. It's Classic Rock. It's 612. And Billy Idol with Bax and Nagle on Rock 102. It's going to be a uh, rainy uh, few days here uh, all the way up until uh, Friday. High of 54 today, 44 for a high tomorrow. Could see some ice on the morning commute tomorrow. That's going to be great. 39 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm just going to come right out and say it. Yeah. I feel lied to and violated. I do, too. I feel like you you get your hopes up. You you get so excited because uh, news comes around that uh, good things are about to happen in this area, in multiple locations, and then suddenly you find out it was all a big fat lie, and we could have had uh, we could have had this. No one only a dollar ninety nine buys you at Ponderosa right now. Your choice from two delicious dinners with all the fresh salads you can eat, baked potato only a dollar ninety nine. Our chopped beef dinner special or our fish fillet dinner special only a dollar ninety nine each for a limited time only. So hurry in. How do we do it? <laughs> You're asking me. <laughs> <laughs> Who cares? It's Just keep doing it. Phyllis Diller. How do you do what you do? How do you do what you do, Ponderosa? Well, how do you how do you screw up a story like this? I don't know. I know what they won't be doing. They won't be opening in Chicopee or West Springfield. Yeah, an, we- an erroneous report circulating online suggested that two new locations of the Ponderosa State. Ponderosa Steakhouse would open in Chickabee and West Springfield, respectively, something the steakhouse parent company, Fat Brands, has confirmed is false. Oh, so you're a big fat liar brand is what you are. Yes. In a statement to uh, Mass Live, Fat Brands Director of uh, Corporate Communications, Aaron Mandizic, said the uh, company has owned Ponderosa Steakhouse since 2017 and that while we are always actively looking to build upon our presence, there are no active plans to open in western Massachusetts. How did this story... First of all, I got two questions. One, where did this story originate? And why did local media somehow jump aboard this story? Because... Without without going back and saying, is this... Is this, in fact, going to happen? Only to find out it's all a big, fat ruse. I'll tell you exactly how this happened. Somebody who works at one of the local news stations saw a friend who posted on Facebook or some other social media saying, hey, Ponderosa's opening up in West Springfield and Chickabee, and then without, uh, you know, or, or they saw some false information uh, of a fake story because mm-hmm. somebody likes to be a rebel rouser, if you will, by 
making false claims that Ponderosa's coming back. Sure. And then uh, they're like, oh, without even checking it, they take it, they rip it, they put it up on the thing, and then all of a sudden, one news outlet puts it up, then they all put it up, because all they're doing is repeating it. Yeah, and you know, yeah, we grabbed that story thinking, well, it must be legitimate news, because why would you think mm-hmm. that uh, you know any of the locals would be, uh, would be bamboozled by this? So I... Yesterday, I posted a picture of just the, the Ponderosa Steakhouse yeah. sign, and you know, it was people were sharing it. They were, you know, exploding with excitement about the idea of the Ponderosa reopening in Western Mass. Yeah, and then someone says, "Hey, it was just reported that's not going to happen." And I'm thinking, yeah. "All right, you know what? I, I, how do I know that the story that you says is a lie?" Is lying about the lie. You know what I'm talking about? How do I know I wasn't being lied to twice? Yeah, I don't like being lied to at all. No, either do I, especially yeah. when it comes to eating dif- delicious dead animal flesh cafeteria style. I wouldn't say delicious. I would say mediocre. Adequate. Adequate, yeah. Adequate dead animal flesh served cafeteria style. You know, there were once more than 700 Ponderosa locations <laughs> in the U.S. Dude. Now it's down to 22. Yeah, and uh, the last one, didn't you say uh, the last one in New England was in Swansea? Yeah, and that closed back uh, 10 years ago or so. Damn it, that's the one I used to go to. Is it? I'm telling you, that's the one that I would, when my family had a hankering for a steak that was less than seven bucks, that's where they would go. We didn't go to all your fancy places that had like the, the, you know, the the, the cloth napkins. We went to a place that had, uh, uh, you know, wet nap moist towelettes and, uh, you know, butter by the pat. That's what we had. Well, back in my day, yeah. we had butter on the pat, butter by the pat, and we thought going to the Ponderosa was a big night out. Uh, I'm looking at this. Uh, according to its website, Fat Brands also owns over a dozen other restaurant brands, from Johnny Rockets to Hot Dog on a Stick. Ooh, that sounds interesting. Have you ever seen that? I believe they're mostly called corn dogs. Well, yeah, but uh, let's see, menu on the hot dog with a stick. Yeah, they're pretty much all corn dogs. How do you make an entire restaurant out of corn dogs? Uh, people love their corn dogs. You know what I saw in uh, in Pennsylvania last week was uh, a pretzel factory. But okay, like, but like a freestanding pretzel factory, like 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 people are going into work to make the pretzels every day. Well, usually, yeah, usually you 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 see the like the Auntie Annie's pretzels or whatever it is, yeah, like in the mall, like that would make more sense to have a like a kiosk. But they, this thing was just like freestanding out in the middle of a parking lot. What huh. pretzels are that? And it's a chain. It's a pretzel factory. Is a chain. Oh, I thought I thought it was like a, you know, like a like a manufacturer, like a, like Smith and Wesson. No, but it's like, well, how successful? You must be s- successful enough that you have a whole freestanding store here in the middle of nowhere. I, you know, I don't know. I mean, uh, you know, who doesn't love a good pretzel every now and then? But uh, and, and I also didn't realize Ponderosa is also Bonanza. Uh, they had been, I believe, because I don't know my uh, my Ponderosa history like I should. Yeah, I believe at one point they were separate businesses completely. Yeah, and then merged, and then this company, Fat Brands, buys them in like 2017, and you know they're all under one, all under one uh, blanket. There wasn't a whole hell of a lot of difference between a Ponderosa and a Bonanza. 
No, I was going to say, it's the exact same thing. Pretty much. Yeah. Sizzler. Sizz- well, yes. Sizzler, the same thing. The same type of... It was Sizzler like a cafeteria style thing too? I, I don't be- remember. I that. believe it was. Yes. Yeah. I don't. Re- I only remember seeing a Sizzler. I never saw the Bonanza. The last time I was at a Bonanza was more of like a buf- more buffet style. Okay. Well, guess what? It's not coming here to Western Massachusetts. So <sighs> it really doesn't. Uh... I know. I don't like getting false information like this. This is a uh, very disheartening. You know, um, it's tough enough when uh, economically struggling areas like. Chicopee or West Springfield, you know, there's not a lot of businesses in those cities. Uh, when you find that uh, something great's coming to town that could completely transform the economy of uh, dying burgs like this, only to have like the 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 rug pulled out from underneath you. I, know. I, I mean, I don't know how, I don't know how the people of uh, West Side or uh, Chicopee are going to handle this kind of disappointment. I mean, when West Springfield lost the cup shop, the cup store. I thought there was going to be was, all kinds of protests. That was the end of humanity for a lot of people. Yeah, I know. No kidding, right? When that cup store closed. No kidding. And then that guy got pushed into that back business, and then he went out of business. <sighs> I don't know. These are tough times. And again, I, yeah, you, don't tease me by telling me there's a red lobster popping up tomorrow. <laughs> Is there a red lobster left? <laughs> I don't even know. But if there's an Arthur Treacher's fish and chips coming back to the area, I need to know that what you're reporting is actually going to happen. Like it's a real story, not some internet rumor. The 22 and Western Mass News and Mass Live are jumping all over. What was the other other fish place? Long John Silver's. Long John Silver's. They used to have one in Palmer, I think. Yeah, and you could get the paper hat. Yeah. I love the paper hats. Any any restaurant that offers a hat while you eat, like a Burger King. Remember the Burger King crown? Yeah. That's a good place to eat. And yeah, anywhere you can get uh, what, like decor for your body yeah. to eat yeah. the, the food. Anytime you can accessorize because of the meal you just ordered. That's one of my, totally favorite, worth it. my favorite lines from uh, The Great Outdoors with Dan Aykroyd and John Candy, where he eats that giant steak. The big 96er. And then he's like, uh, the, the chef goes, he's not done yet. And Dan Aykroyd goes, uh, there's nothing on that plate but gristle and fat. And he kind of gives him the look like, you better eat it. Yeah. And he goes, listen, if I can get a dessert down, can you throw in a couple of bibs in the hats for the kids? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. 622 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. McKinstry's Market Garden. We're armed 1250. 6.30 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It's time for news. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. I told you I'd have some good news for you, and I got some good news for you. You do. Jersey Mike Subs is coming to Palmer. Yeah, baby. Is that really that big a deal? Okay, so here's my take on this, because I uh, this was... Fr- where I lived in New Jersey was point, you know, near Point Pleasant, New Jersey was where they had the first one. Okay. It was the best sandwich shop around. Jersey Mike's. It has, yeah, great uh, sandwiches. However, now that it's become a national chain, mm-hmm. it's not as good as the original. Isn't that always yeah. the way it works? It is. You know what I'm really worried about right now? And I and I mean this with no disrespect because I'm a big fan. Have you noticed all the Popeyes that have opened up lately? Yeah, I noticed that They're too. 
everywhere. And, you know, I mean, I remember what was a smaller chain, and it was sensational. Good, the delicious biscuits, yeah. uh, all that fried chicken, so delicious. And now I'm like starting. I'm thinking, okay, well, you know, they had that chicken sandwich. Where does the where does the the tipping point begin? Because you know, even the even the colonel, uh, you know, suffered some quality control issues once the old man died. Oh, is that what happened? I think that's what happened. I just I I never get that excited over like a, a fast food restaurant coming to the area. Yeah, of course we just did that, but it, the, the, like it, this is just a I'd rather go to Richards. Get get a good sandwich over there. Yeah. Well, it, listen, there's all kinds of There's enough places to buy a grinder around here where you don't need to have like a national chain trying to squeeze their way into our way of living. You know what I haven't had in a while, speaking of sandwiches, is that uh pork sandwich from the South End um the Little San Juan Bakery down oh, in the, yeah. the south end there down there. Mm-hmm. It's like it's that fresh. They bake that fresh bread. Yeah, and then they put the pernil on yeah, there yeah. with mayonnaise and tomato and oh, lettuce, and it's uh, it's like oh man, it's so good, I, so good. Remember, I told you put not a Jer- that I'll put a Jersey Mike's to shame any day. Yeah, remember I told you there's a place on Armory Street that's really really good. This place called Cedars. It's like this, uh, like yeah. Mediterranean Lebanese. I mean, I could have the, the the region wrong, and if I do, I'm very, very sorry. But you know, I had a, a, a sandwich with like a with like a you know like chicken, like a shish kebab. Chicken's pulled off. It's in a, it's in the one of those big, warm, delicious pitas with French fries and that uh, garlicky tomb sauce. Oh my lord! That's a lot. That's a gem, boy. That is a gem. It's delicious. You can you can buy that sandwich and also get a hookah for the house. A hookah for the house. Yeah, you know we have friends over. You know, wouldn't it be great to be sitting there and smoking a hookah? No, I don't. <clears throat> I, I I find that an odd thing to do. The hookah smoking. Don't they have a lounge up in Northampton that does that? You can smoke the hookah. There was there was also a hookah place in Springfield for a while. Actually, there was one day where I uh, I wound up uh, sharing the hookah with Nadim. Really downtown? Yes. Was it good? What it? What is it? Is it like a cigar? What What is the flavor? Is it well, like it's, it's flavored it, tobacco, right? It was a uh, a mild but pleasant flavored tobacco, and then everybody shares in the. Uh, in the uh, in the hookah, uh, everybody it, has their own designated, uh, you know, uh, pipe. Okay, thing. but what's the aroma? Is the aroma like like is it like aromatic? It, or ve- is it, it was very aromatic. Okay, so it's not like a cigarette. Where no, the, that uh, nasty cigarette. No, 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 no. It was it was pleasant and uh, it was communal. You were bonding. I, I, I felt like I really, uh, you know, really kind of uh, oh, like a got cozy pipe. up to Nadim that day, like a peace pipe type of deal. But you're all smoking it at once. Yeah, that's right. Did you uh, smooth out relations with Nadim while you were t- while you were doing that? We solved a lot of the world's problems. I was going to say, day. did yeah? We were, we truly did. He seems like a pretty reasonable guy. He's a very you, reasonable guy. I bet you you could, uh, you know, and he, and he makes a hell of a shank. Oh my god! Everything that guy makes is terrific. That's food, not like a prison shank or anything. It's no, no, not not food, of that place. Yeah. Massachusetts uh, Peace Officer Standards and Training, also known as Post uh, Commission, has suspended 15 law enforcement officers, including some local ones. Three local officers were suspended under this new commission, and one from the Springfield Police Department. Leon Davis of Springfield. Devin Bones of the Holyoke Police Department and Brian Pomeroy of West Springfield have all been suspended by the Post. The uh, in 2020, Governor Charlie Baker signed into law a landmark police reform that created the mass uh, created Post. 
The commission operates independently and has the power to establish policing standards, certify officers, investigate misconduct, uh, you know, yada, yada, yada. According to a news release uh, from Post, Post says it will suspend the certification of an officer who was arrested, charged, or indicted for a felony and will revoke the certification of an officer who is convicted of a felony. The commission can also suspend the certification of an officer who fails to complete in-service training requirements within a 90 days of notice. We don't know what they did. I would like to know what They're they did. They're just decommissioned. Sounds like they, they must have gotten themselves into quite a pickle. Sounds like they, they absolutely did. Uh, one suspect was arrested after an intensive intensive investigation into the trafficking of a large amount of cocaine and fentanyl from the uh, 81 Bessemer Street in Springfield. Uh, it's fentanyl, and don't get Barry all flustered. I believe you can pronounce it either way. I don't think that's entirely true. On December 21st, detectives were granted two search warrants for the suspect's home at 81 Bessemer Street and his vehicle. On December 22nd, the officers conducted a traffic stop of the suspect in that vehicle, and during that stop, detectives found approximately 136 grams of cocaine. They then searched his home and seized 13,900 fentanyl pills, approximately 30 pounds of cocaine, 406 grams of raw fentanyl, a firearm, and approximately $190,000 in U.S. currency that was located mm. inside the home. Those all sound like clues. The total street value for the seizure was more than $2 million. Dang, it's, uh, yeah. that's a lot of money. The suspect, 51-year-old Alonzo Williams of Springfield, was arrested without incident and was sent to the Mass State Police uh, Springfield Barracks. He was arraigned on December 23rd and is currently being held on $75,000 cash bail. His next scheduled court date is January 24th. 51 years old. You know, I'm 56. I'll be, I'll be 57 later this year. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't even like going out of the house just to get a Costco. Never mind you run a drug trade out of my house. I, yeah, I feel like I, I'm, just, I'm, I'm getting too old for that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, I, you'd think there, there's no like uh, drug runner like Danny, Danny Glover. Yeah, I'm getting too Griggs. I'm getting too old for this. I'm getting too old for this drug running. I've always believed that uh, that drug running is a young man's game. It absolutely is. I think it is. Fifty-one years old. Who's got the Who's got the Who's got the uh, the initiative and the enthusiasm for that kind of thing at fifty-one years old? You should be looking at. You know, where's your four hundred one k going? You know, mm-hmm. what day are you retiring? Are you know, getting retirement planning? Uh, you know, estate planning. That's what you should be focused on in your fifties. Well, I was going to say that with all that money, that guy could have bought a house anywhere. Uh, he certainly could have, and paid the taxes on it for a year. Fifty one years old. Come on. Uh, Act your age. For those who need updated COVID and flu shots, there are various upcoming vaccine clinics in Springfield. Vaccines for COVID-19 and the flu are being made available by the East Springfield Neighborhood Council and Mary Mother of Hope Church. Uh, the, EN, the ESNC will be holding their clinic on Carew Street behind Mary O. Pottinger Elementary School every Tuesday from 3 to 6 p.m. You could get every person who gets their uh, COVID-19 vaccination at those clinics $75 gift card. Really? I'm going. It's totally worth yeah. it. Yeah. I'll get a booster for 75 bucks. Yeah. I mean, you listen. paying me? Who's the robber here? Huh? <laughs> yeah, that that's what truth. I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. 75 bucks. Forget what it does to your DNA. Don't worry about that. Oh, you got 75 bucks. Listen, if Bill Gates wants to control me from a computer chip out in his Washington <laughs> that's, State home, yeah. that's his business. That's not really mine. <laughs> 
A family in Greenfield welcomed a new bundle of joy into their arms on the new year. Parents Jennifer Heem and Kenneth Heem, along with sister Soleil Heem, welcomed Jack Kenneth Heem at Bay State Franklin Medical Center 13 minutes after midnight on January 1st. How about that? That's the first baby born in western Massachusetts on record. This year. This year. Yeah, we've had other babies in previous years. Yeah, but, I mean, there's a, you know, I have friends who did that home birthing thing. Mm-hmm. So th- there's no, like, r- you have to, like, file all that paperwork for the records and and, yeah. and the, uh, what do they call that, uh, the nurse? What do they call that? Uh, 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 the doula. No, the, no, no, uh, no, no, the uh, uh, midwife. Midwife. Yes. Midwife. Well, I don't know that. Why do they use that term? I don't even know. Yeah. We never Half the time, I never even met that woman. Your midwife was she telling me to clean the take the trash out and do the dishes as well huh? you're gonna make me grout the tub no she's like oh i'm only gonna tell you to do half of those things i'm the midwife i'm not really gonna tell you to do all of those things but uh yeah this uh this baby it was the first baby born in on record in massachusetts nah. oh that's uh, that's something 23 that's something you take with you for your whole life you know i got these two cousins right yeah sisters and uh and uh, they're like my first cousins and uh the uh, the older of the two uh, today is her birthday. Missed being uh, the New Year's baby by like three days, yeah. just three days, right? And and uh, and uh, she she didn't get all the all the glory and accolades of being the New Year's baby. But then, like two years later, her younger sister gets born, and she's born on on January first. Oh, she's the New Year's baby. Oh. And you gotta believe because there's so much attention that you grab for the remainder of your life. So what? That uh, they were that you know they they locked horns for years. Were these uh, St. Patrick's Day uh, conception babies? I don't know. I've never actually timed it on the calendar, but you, that does uh, that is something in it. You always gotta wonder what the event was when when people were born. Like my mom's birthday. Yeah. Was uh, is today actually? It was today was her birthday. Oh, no kidding. Today would be my mom's birthday, and I was born in Oct- on October, and that was uh, I was a result of birthday sex. Interesting, yeah. See, now I was born in mid September, so you're so, Christmas sex. No, no, it, it would be it would be early January, wouldn't it? No, would it be Christmas sex? Yeah, it ha- would have to be before Christmas, a little bit before Christmas. Well, maybe uh, maybe they got Randy right around the holidays. I don't, I maybe they came even. back from a from a one of those uh, psychiatry uh, Christmas parties. <laughs> Which, and by the s- way, I must tell you, are the worst parties ever. Yeah, a bunch of people opening up their emotions. Yeah, yeah, open it. Uh, oh, what did you, oh, what did you get for Christmas? Oh, I got sadness. I got depression. <laughs> Yeah. Ooh, I got schizophrenia. Look at all this over here. I got a borderline personality disorder for the mm. third year in a row. Do you have a gift receipt? <laughs> but do you ever do you ever think about like you know when people were born? Like you know what? I, you what know, I, the, I never do that. Yeah, I don't know why. I do, I don't I do, do it, it all actually, the time. It's do actually it. pretty interesting. Well, because I do a lot of like every once in a while I'll get on a kick where I'll go wish a bunch of people happy birthday on Facebook. I just do that HBD thing. Yeah. And like some days, like the list is like really really long of people whose birthdays it was, and I, I can't tell you what the most popular day is, but you gotta re, you gotta think that. What happened nine months ago? And many times it's like a holiday, like you just said, Christmas or something yeah. like that. Especially a lot of babies born in, in September. I guess. I, <laughs> I don't know that many people born on the 15th. Um, of September? Not that many. 
Yeah, but it doesn't matter. I mean, it's all within like every uh, every. It's like the uh, the oven conversation we were having. Yeah, some ovens take a little bit longer to cook the food, and some some ovens. You know, they're done early. Yeah, you you got I mean? to pull it out early and let it rest for a while. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Incubate. Yeah, the, well, the, the one that comes out early, you got to make sure you got to take care of it and make sure that it completely cooks on the inside. Your Pioneer Valley forecast today. What a weird conversation. <laughs> this, whole, this whole newscast is bizarre. Uh, it's going to be rainy with a high of 54. Tomorrow, rainy with a high of 43. It's 39 in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Oh, yeah. Hi, it's Hank from Tudor House Liquors. Listen to Pat Kelly this Wednesday afternoon for Pat's Pets. This Wednesday at around 2.15. The Tom- Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock at 6.52. And Pearl Jam with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It is uh, going to be rainy for the next couple of days. 54 for a high today, 43 for a high tomorrow. It's 39 right now in downtown Springfield. Uh, I know you uh, saw the story. Remember we doing a story uh, yesterday about the new laws that were coming to Massachusetts? Yeah. And there were a couple of them that uh, were interesting: sports gambling and uh, you know, edu- you know, marijuana education. Yeah, and you had the gal from Twenty Two uh, out there standing out in the middle of downtown Springfield at four o'clock in the morning, uh, reporting yeah. on that story, right? For obvious reasons. Did you see this uh, law that went into effect on January first in Louisiana? No. <clears throat> Louisiana residents uh, looking to get their New Year's jollies were met this week by an age verification request before accessing online pornography. In other words, in order for you to view mm-hmm. online pornography in Louisiana, in Louisiana, you have to show your driver's license to verify your age. Now, the purpose of this whole thing is to prevent youngsters mm-hmm. from uh, viewing pornography. You know, right. they're te- you know, the young kids uh, you know, going online and they're looking at stuff and, you know, they always figure out how to get past all your restrictions and what happens. And I'm all for that. You know, kids should not be viewing that at all. It's terrible. Um, but for us adults, uh, you know, uh, you know, who may or may not accidentally spend at least a little bit of time looking at that kind of thing, mm-hmm. I usually don't have my wallet with me, uh, when that happens. And so, uh, you know, I have to go scrambling around. I would have to go uh, scrambling around for my driver's license. Well, well that's, that's, uh, that's evade in, invasive. How important is this porn to you though, that you would even show your driver's license to a website. You know, you talk, you, you hear about all the different, you know, people have their own laptops dedicated to their uh, porn watching. Yes. Because of the viruses that could come out from those websites. Because, right. Because, uh, I hate to break it to you, the, the porn website industry is filled with malware and everything else that they want to put on your computer in order to get your yeah. information. So now... They want you to voluntarily you give out your identi- personal information, identify yourself with your license number and everything. Well, this is why I'm asking yeah. about this. This is like a Steve Weissman question. Yeah. If and obviously it's just just Louisiana at this point, but if it uh, you know catches on and other states yeah. require the same thing, are we giving away too much information? Because, I mean, if you do, it's not only going to have uh, all your your address and, and yeah. uh, your driver's license numbers, but it's also going to track what kind of pornography you're watching. Well, and I don't care for that kind of judgment. And Louisiana. Remember we used to do those stories? Pornhub used to have like a like a like a trend of what people were watching. Yes, I would I would really like to go see now what the trend was in Louisiana before they put this law in yeah. place. 
you know, people with full, a full set of teeth. I yeah. mean, that would be a, probably a pretty yeah. big one in New Louisiana. Barnyard fun. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> who knows? I wouldn't be, wouldn't be surprised. Well, did you hear that? Hey, they leaked all that information. Did you hear that Earl likes to do things with horses? <laughs> And I'm not just talking going to a bridal shop. I'm talking about the whole kit and caboodle. <laughs> He's like Noah the Ark. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Two of every kind. <laughs> well, yeah, you have to you have to balance out the genders in there because otherwise oh, it's a big sausage fest. I didn't realize that Mount Ararat was volcanic. <laughs> but there's lava everywhere. I I, uh, I I think it's you know I I wouldn't do it. No. I wouldn't put my license up online. Apparently, like that. if you got like a like a VPN, you can get around it. But otherwise, any website that's got at least thirty three point three percent pornographic content, yeah. you have to show some form of ID to get into it. You know, I had to do uh, this whole house selling thing during a pandemic, and most of the stuff that I uploaded was online. I don't know how secure that stuff was, and that you're talking you're talking to a, a, a like a county institution, you know, yeah. Hampshire County. You're gonna get all that stuff certified and everything like that. They have it's online pictures of my license uploaded and all that stuff, and I didn't feel very good about that. No, and all that and all that stuff gets you know, posted on public record. If you sell a house, your right. name, the address, and how much you oh. sold it for also is is out there too. That's other information that's probably uh, a little too personal. The calls have been nonstop. But I'm glad you brought that up. You know, I'm taking care of my mother's estate. Yeah. Well, she had no property when she died, but yeah, they go and they look where they died last and she died in a in a um, a mental uh not a mental a, a memory unit for alzheimer's patients it, it, it's a it's a home it's a, yeah. it's a nursing home and uh these people keep calling me asking me if i want to sell the property at whatever the address is for this place and i'm like do you not look to see what that property is before you start randomly calling people because what you just said yeah. they go look through the records and they see who the who the uh, proprietor is on the uh, on the uh, the will or whatever like that and they contact them to see if they want to sell the property there's no property i've been trying like and the one lady i was just like hey uh, you know what i'll sell you this whole property for 500 bucks what's your venmo <laughs> No response yeah, because they a, realize what they're doing. I mean, it's a it's a it's a five million dollar facility, but I'll give for you. I'll give it to you for five hundred bucks. That's it. Sold. It's uh, six fifty eight. We're back. And now Bax's view from the couch, brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware, Power Tool Headquarters, Milwaukee, Dewalt, Craftsman, Rocky's Power Tool Trifecta. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you, folks? I don't know what's happened, but if I'm seeing this correctly, it appears as though the NFL has suddenly stumbled across something known uh, to the rest of us as compassion or humanity. As you know, when a guy typically gets injured on the field, the player is removed from the field and the game is allowed to continue but on monday night in a shocking twist the nfl postponed the game between the buffalo bills and cincinnati Bengals following the demar hamlin situation in which the 24 year old bill safety suffered apparent cardiac arrest on the field now the typical response would have been to keep on playing but in this situation in which hamlin needed cpr after his heart stopped beating the game was postponed 
Hamlin was then rushed to a Cincinnati hospital where he remains in critical condition and heavily sedated while the league needed to decide what to do next. But rather than shove a modified game schedule into everyone's unsuspecting face, the NFL did something uncharacteristically appropriate. They decided not to reschedule the game for later this week. Instead, they will wait and make arrangements later. Now call me crazy, but that almost seems like this was a decision made by sensitive people. People with a shred of decency while a young man fights for his life. Yeah, football is kind of important, but with the, what with the lingering postseason ramifications lingering all over the place. But when it comes to a life and death situation like this, guess what? It suddenly doesn't seem to be all that important, does it? No, it does not. Look, I know the Patriots are kind of waiting on the Bills to host things on Sunday, and that game will go on no matter what, but there are times when your priority should not be how the Bills-Bengals game is going to be rescheduled. Instead, the priority should be about making sure that DeMar Hamlin is okay. The NFL will eventually figure things out, but yesterday was probably not the day to do any of that. Today might not be the day to do it either. In other words, keep your pants on, say some prayers, and let's hope this kid is going to be okay. But hey, enough of my yapping sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Let's talk about snowblowers. Are you going errands or are you going ego? Either way, go to Rocky's. Get an ego battery-powered snowblower or an errands, the king of snow. Rocky's is your winter storm headquarters before and after the storm. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102. Springfield. Rock 102. Springfield's classic rock. 7-Eleven and Tom Petty. With Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Rainy today with a high of 54. Tomorrow, rainy with a high of 43. 39 right now in downtown Springfield. Hey. Yes. What do you say it's time for Am I the Air Horse? Right. Jewelry as a theme. Jewelry. You got two jewelry stories. What is this, amateur hour? Going to pretend I didn't hear that. Uh, the first one, uh, am I the a-hole for being annoyed at my fiancé for choosing my ring? Ready? Okay. Here's, here's some background. This is the person writing this. I'm a goldsmith and have been for over 10 years. I work part-time for an independent jeweler as a, as a bench jeweler and also have my own business where I do commissions and repairs, etc. My fiancé openly admits he knows nothing about jewelry but supports my work. Okay. So my fiancé, 38 uh, male, and I, 36 female, have been together for five years. We have discussed marriage at length, and during these conversations, I have said when it comes to engagement rings, because of my job, I know exactly what I want. We also talked about how I want to make it because then I know it is exactly what I want and is also handcrafted and not a cast mount. This is how most rings are made these days, which is fine for most people. It would also be substantially cheaper for me to make it compared to buying one from a jeweler, so I could have... More ring for less money. Okay. As this is my literal job, he agreed and said it wasn't traditional, but sounded romantic at the same time. On New Year's Eve, he proposed. I, of course, was delighted and said yes. Then he pulled out a ring. I could tell in the box that it wasn't cheap, a cheap placeholder ring to wear while I made the real thing. It also exactly uh, was what I didn't want, a solitaire round diamond on a cast white gold band. If that's your style, great. I've made enough of them over the years, but it's something I didn't want. I didn't say anything on the night, obviously, but the next day I sat him down and I asked him why he bought it when we had agreed on, make, on me making it. He said it was traditional for the man to get a ring and that I should be happy he got me one. He also spent four times on what it would have cost me to make it. Short version is, I told him, 
While I appreciate him wanting to be romantic and get me a ring, this isn't what I wanted. The cost is disproportionate, and we should look at returning it and having uh, me make another ring. He called me ungrateful, and I should just be glad he got me a ring and that I would learn to like it. Mm-hmm. If I'm the one wearing it, I need to like it. This is something I tell every person I do during uh, do a, I do a ring commission for, and he knows this. He's agreed to return it, thankfully he can, and let me source the materials and stones to make up the ring. But he's not happy about it. So am I the a-hole here? Oh, boy, this is a sticky wicket, isn't it? Um, they had a conversation, right, mm-hmm. ahead of time that she wanted to do it this way. Right. She wanted to be the one to build it, be the one to design it, save a lot of money doing it, right? Right. They had that conversation. Yeah. This was something that he understood. Yes. He is the a-hole. Yeah, he is. He is. He is. In fact, it's it's not even a, a, a debate. Now, if they had never had that conversation and uh, she did not work for a jeweler and, uh, you know, he poured his two-month salary into getting a ring for her than being ungrateful for the ring, then she would be more of an a-hole. Yeah. But, but in this situation, in which there are already boundaries and rules yeah. established, and, and ain't you the know way. What? Take advantage of that. Take advantage of the fact that you have somebody who knows what they're doing. Mm-hmm. They're, they know what they want. They know exactly, you know, you could spend... If it was if the one he bought was four times as much as the one she could make, yeah, you're saving a whole bunch of money, and she's happy. That should be the most important thing. Yeah, um, it 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 should be. But there's also a whole lot of pressure on the dude to get a ring. I don't know if this guy realized how much extra pressure he put on himself to do this, just because he felt like it was the most traditional approach. You're actually putting yourself through a lot of stress. You are putting yourself getting through yourself a- getting uh, your uh, getting this woman uh, who you love a ring without being in t- with knowing that she's not going to be satisfied with it. I think he's got one of these. Uh, I got to be a man and buy this ring. You'll learn to love it. Like it's one of those. Uh, well, there's a lot of uncomfortable things that she may have to do during her marriage that she's never going to love. Yeah. And you know what? Maybe this is a good sign. Maybe it's a time to run. <laughs> maybe maybe you five years may want to cut your losses on this one. All right. So uh, there you go. We've determined that that guy. That guy's an a-hole. All right. Here's another one. Okay. Am I the a-hole for not buying my girlfriend jewelry? My girlfriend, 33, and I, 34, have been dating for about nine months. We decided, since we were reasonable people, to not go crazy at Christmas time. With all the other gifts we both have to buy for our respective families, we thought... Why put each of us further into debt when we really just enjoy each other's time together and physical gifts don't matter? Christmas comes and goes. We exchange our small gifts to each other. Each of us got a picture of us framed. What does that mean? They get the framed picture each? Yeah. Several days after Christmas, her and I were talking about the price of gifts, and I said, hey, good thing you don't like jewelry, to which she said, well, I wouldn't be opposed to getting jewelry. And I said, yeah, but you hardly wear jewelry. She then proceeds to open up her dresser drawer and pulls out a tray of jewelry and starts showing me different gold pieces and which previous relationship the respective piece came from. She's waiting for him to buy jewelry. Yes. So none of these items get worn. So I said, why would I buy jewelry when you don't even wear it? And she said, well, because some of it's out of style or it's weird because it's from an ex. 
Why is it in your drawer then? Yeah, why not uh, sell it and get rid of it? Uh, anyway, uh, she said uh, she would wear it if she had it, but uh, so am I the a-hole for not wanting to buy jewelry if she's already got some that she doesn't even wear? This is a this is a uh, this is a communication breakdown between the two of them. Mm-hmm. He had no idea. He didn't realize. He didn't know it was. He was probably not snooping through your drawers, which probably, is a good thing. Which is a good thing. Yeah. But you got all this extra jewelry from from ex boyfriends and uh, uh, whatever, and that and you don't wear because you think it's going to be awkward. Why wouldn't you sell that stuff? Some people do. Some people don't. To me, it doesn't matter. To me, I wouldn't be bothered by it. You know, if it was a piece that she really liked that she really enjoyed that had. If she wanted to wear it, well, that's that's fine. I don't need to know the source well, of it. Listen, that's me. I, you know, I got tons of things in my in my uh, you know hideaways, not hideaway spots, but like stuff that's packed away that I never use. Yeah, that I've gotten from different people over the years, but I don't, you know, I don't take them out. I don't wear them. I respect that part of it, but what about you know if you're not gonna if you're not gonna typically wear jewelry, why? And you and you and we and you had said yeah. we don't we don't exchange expensive gifts. I don't see I this. Don't know. Is, to me, this is a total communication issue. Yeah. If she wanted jewelry, she should have said, "Yeah, I like uh, I like jewelry. I just don't really want expensive jewelry for all these reasons." But it sounds like she's never said anything about jewelry because. It's a communication breakdown is what it, it is. It is a total communication yeah. breakdown. She should have communicated with him, and he should have communicated with her. And, and only only now does this stuff all come out, and, and as a result, he has to write a letter to Reddit to solve his problems. Yeah, see, I'd be That's looking, the last thing you'd want to do with your life. I would be I would be like, uh, like oh, you got all this, you got this, you got, you're sitting on all this money. Go cash that in. Put that money into something new. No, yeah, yeah. You know what? Uh, it'll be like a discount for your new boyfriend. <laughs> you know, you, you trade in all the old stuff. Yeah, and then uh, you, you you give him the credit. You give him the money. Okay, now whatever you were gonna buy, take this. Like, say you get six hundred dollars from your from your fines. Yeah, you take that six hundred off of whatever the next piece of jewelry is. I gotta tell you, as someone who has uh, sold off old baubles in the past, yeah, old meaningless baubles that yeah. no longer meant anything. Uh, when you have a big stack of cash in your hand and you're walking out the store saying thank you very much, Lee, it feels so good. Yeah, it really does. That's where you go to the gold trader. Yeah, right yeah that's right. That's exactly right. That's right. That's right. right there wearing, on Allen Street. You'll be wearing a cowboy hat and shooting your six gun in the air right as you're walking out the store. <laughs> All right, we exactly got one, right. You want one more? We got a minute or two. Sure, mm, we got a short one. Kind of long. All right. I don't know. Uh, let's. All right, we'll we'll do it. Right. Yeah. Am I the a hole for missing my wife's annual Christmas party because my ex died? My wife and I have been married for three years. Ever since we've met, we've gone to our holiday party hosted by her and her best friend. It's a fairly large party that grows every year. This year, I did not attend. My wife is still pretty upset with why I did not. Two days before the party, I was notified my ex-fiance had passed. I didn't know the details, but it hit me very hard. To be honest, towards the end of things, we didn't have the best relationship, and I'll spare those details. 
She was an air. She was an addict and had relapsed, which heavily influenced the ending of our relationship. I went through a lot of grief leaving her in that state. Maybe it hit me because I feel like I didn't do enough to help her. In any case, I was pretty down and down about it and didn't feel like socializing. I told my wife I was going to skip the party when I first notified. Uh, I told my wife, to which she said, I'm sorry, are you okay? I thought she would understand my reasoning, but she did not. She was quite offended, and I was bothered enough about my ex that I wouldn't feel up to her party. And after the party, she came home and said, I can't believe you're upset about some junkie. I was honestly taken back by her cold, callous attitude. My ex was a daughter, a mother, a sister. She was uh, somebody that was messed up from life. I spent the next several days and into uh, Christmas putting on a fake happy face and tried not thinking about my ex. So am I the a-hole for not going to the uh, the party uh, that my wife wanted me to go to? This is a tough one. This is, I, this, is a, this is a tough one because I think the problem here is that in, in a no, no, I mean, I, I don't know. In a way, I think his fiance. His current, it, it's a fiance. Yeah. All right. I think no, it's his wife. His, his wife. I think. Wife. I think yeah. his wife is a uh, is a little insecure about their relationship. Well, she's dead now. The ex. All the more reason to yeah. not be so insecure about it. Like this. Like this. You know, his desire to go has no bearing on how he feels about your relationship. But there are certain things within your history that have yeah. importance and significance. And and whether or not the. People have relationships all the time that don't work out for one reason or another. Right. That doesn't mean that that other person didn't care about that other person. It just didn't work out because of the existing circumstances that were happening. She was on drugs. He didn't want to be part of that life. You can't really blame a guy for for walking away from from that kind of thing. Absolutely not. But I can tell you this. Uh, if, uh, if let's say we had our holiday party here at work, Mm -hmm. I would do everything I can to go to any funeral to, to, to avoid that party. Really? (laughs) (laughs) I'll go to a funeral of a total stranger. If I can say, oh, I can't go to the party, got a funeral to go to. You're looking up the obituaries in the, well, let's see who's uh, who's getting buried today. I could go over there. I could go over to this one. Every December, I'm scouring Mass Live. Is there going to be a funeral I could go to to avoid our luncheon? Well, there you go. That's uh, M.I. the A.O. It's 724 with Bax and Nagel and Rock 102. It's 726 with Bax and Nagel and Rock 102. Uh, I don't even know what I was doing. Oh, you want a forecast? So that, would, that would probably be appropriate. Well, Dan Brown's going to give it to you in a second anyway. It's going to rain. Yeah. It's just going to rain. It's going to be 54 today, 43 tomorrow, 39 in downtown Springfield. Then uh, then and let him give all the He'll give you the, the details. details of like what's going to happen. Hey, uh, not for nothing, but there was uh, there was no winner last night for uh, Mega Millions. I know. I didn't win. I bought a ticket yesterday. Yeah, I bought a bunch of quick picks. So now the, uh, the, uh, the next jackpot Friday will be $940 million with a cash option of $483.5 million. I could find a way to squeeze through with $483 million in cash. Well, uh, you got to uh, think about uh, inflation. I just read this story the other day that said if you got a raise in 2022, yeah, you actually got a net loss <laughs> because of inflation. Yeah, right. And uh, I, I think about like a $900 million jackpot. What was that really worth only two years ago? Was it like $1.2 billion? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. And, and the thing is, it, it, it almost makes it not worth it. <laughs> almost. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, with inflation and taxes, it's, uh, what's the 
What's the point of winning $940 million? I wouldn't play if I were No, you. I wouldn't either. I, you're just throwing your money down the toilet. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm going to play. I'll play. But, I mean, you, you don't you know save your money. You know, I bought one in Pennsylvania last week because I figured, well, it's always somebody else in another state. Mm-hmm. So what if I, uh, you know, picked it up at this uh, gas station on the on the way, you know, home? Yeah. Yeah, didn't work. Didn't happen. Well, if you win, wouldn't you have to drive back to Pennsylvania to claim it? Or do you, heck, can you go to any I don't think lottery you, office to do it? I don't think you mail that ticket back. I think you actually have to physically go <laughs> bring it back to the... How many stamps am I going to need? Now, do you have to bring it back to the capital of Pennsylvania? I Which, don't know. You just re- reminded us that it was Harrisburg. I've, I'm still blown away by the fact that... And most people I ask don't know. You know, the problem with state capitals yeah. is like, you know that the city you're thinking of is wrong but you can't always remember what that city is yeah but it's always- like harrisburg would be one of them because like it's like the one city in all of pennsylvania i hardly ever think of you know what we should do we should go through a 50 states song and find out what all oh, the capitals Jesus are Christ. we have to do that well maybe we could do that for now here this we have news next to rock 102 here's your western mass news first alert forecast cloudy skies this morning with some patchy fog the clouds stick around today but it is a drier day a bit milder as well with temperatures in the middle and upper 40s the wind will be light for tonight we will have periods of rain coming in temperatures will average around 40 degrees will pick up about another quarter of an inch to a half an inch of rainfall it'll end by dawn tomorrow with the clouds stick around tomorrow and we'll have some pockets of drizzle that'll lead to some freezing drizzle across parts of franklin county in the hilltown so watch out for icy spots there. Temperatures between 35 and 40 in the valley. For Friday, the clouds linger. Maybe a rain or snow shower with high temperatures near 40. With your Western Mass News First Alert forecast, I'm meteorologist Dan Brown. Joe's a nice guy. Even so, Joe knows you'd rather not see him anytime soon. But when you need him, he's there for you. Joe Ryan and the boys at Ryan Imported Car Repair in Northampton. Trusty mechanics ready to fix your loud muffler, squishy brakes, weak battery, loose belts, leaky hoses, and that blinking check engine light? What's that about? Get to know Joe Ryan. He already knows your car. He's a nice guy and a very experienced mechanic. Ryan Imported Car Repair in downtown Northampton. In honor of National Law Enforcement Appreciation Day, Pioneer Valley Arms is offering all law enforcement customers a 10% discount on any in-stock law enforcement firearm. Glock, HK, Smith & Wesson, and more. Valid January 10th to the 14th. Pioneer Valley Arms, Shaker Road, East Long Meadow. See website for details. Hi, John Hazen from Hazen Paper in Holyoke here. In 1925, my grandfather, John N. Hazen, founded the Hazen Paper Company on Ray Street in Holyoke. Many family members joined the business, including my father, Tom, who later took the reins. As a kid in the 1960s, I would tag along with my father. I got to know many of our employees well, and they became family to me. I also learned from my father that the main reason why we've been successful is because of our dedicated and talented employees. One program that's helped us to grow over the years started in 2007. That's our apprentice program. We search for reliable, hardworking individuals that have a desire to learn, grow, and then use those skills as a stepping stone into high-paying manufacturing jobs with us. Our apprentice program is 25 hours per week and requires no previous experience. The apprentice learns the basics of manufacturing and sets themselves up for an incredibly rewarding career. We're growing our apprentice program. So does this opportunity sound good for you or maybe somebody you know? It's easy to learn more and get started. Just go to hazen.com. That's hazen.com. 732. With Bax and Nagel and Rock 102, it's time for news. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Do you know what today is? Wednesday. National Spaghetti Day. 
uh, Prince Spaghetti Day, isn't it? Now, if you watch TVs in, in the 70s, you'll remember that Wednesday was always Prince Spaghetti Day. Yes. In the famous commercial, Anthony ran home to the north end of Boston every Wednesday because his mother was making Prince Spaghetti. Prince Pasta was founded in Boston in 1912. And then uh, this is this is this is National Spaghetti Day. No kidding. It's for the whole year. And yet I don't see any platters of spaghetti in front of us right now. And then uh, 22 News narrowed the list of the top 10 places to get pasta in Western Massachusetts, according to Yelp, by the way. Okay. Number one is Joe's Cafe and Spaghetti House in Northampton. Never been. Well, I mean, that's... that's uh, The name in, in itself suggests that it has good spaghetti. There. And not the Joe part. Uh, pasta y Basta. That's in Amherst. Mm-hmm. M is Everyday Gourmet in Westfield. Frankie's Ristorante Italiano in Lenox. Uh-huh. Johnny's Tavern in Amherst. Highland Restaurant in Pittsfield. Uh, Family Pizzeria in Springfield. <clears throat> Terraza in Greenfield. Okay. Pop- Papa Joe's in Pittsfield. And Millie's Kitchen in Westfield. Yeah, I've never, I have never knew what they did there at Millie's Kitchen. They cook. I know, but in I've, the never, kitchen. I've never, uh, never actually been in there before. Hmm. Interesting. Well, now that I know it's uh, National Spaghetti Day, I had no idea. I'm probably not going to have spaghetti today, but that's just me. <clears throat> Why not? There's just no reason. I just, you know, I just I'm not going to have spaghetti simply because it's National Spaghetti Day. Like, uh, you know, that, have something else. That's probably one of my favorite meals. Spaghetti, spaghetti, and meatballs and sausage. Like full sausage links. Right. Italian sweet sausage links. I don't like the hot too much. You don't? No, nah, I'm more of a sweet guy. Huh. I'll be damned. I like a little bit. I like any kind of sausage. Yeah? Yeah. Big so- big fan of the sausage. I love nitrates. nitrates. One of my favorite ingredients. Oh, that was another thing I tried in uh, Pennsylvania was the uh, bologna from Lebanon, Pennsylvania. Ooh, how was that? It's like sweet. It's a very sweet sausage. A sweet or bologna. A sweet bologna, yeah. How much of that that you get inside of you? No, I, I had a few pieces of it. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. It might have tasted better on a sandwich. Like, you know, with some mustard. Like fried? Yeah, fried bologna sandwich. Yeah, that yeah. was uh, some good stuff. Oh, man. See, now that's, that's something I would want to have today. Uh, residents of one Springfield apartment complex have been complaining of poor living conditions and safety hazards. 22 News received several emails from residents of Edgewater Apartments located on Lowell Street in Springfield. They say there's a current lack of elevator service, a particular cause of concern for elderly residents. There have also been complaints of trash buildup, strong unpleasant odors, and a cockroach issue. Did you say cockroach? Cockroach. 22 News contacted the Springfield City Code Enforcement on Tuesday morning to see if it was aware of the issues. Steve Desolitz, uh, Springfield City Building Commissioner, said that elevator complaints are made through the state's elevator inspectors, but he was able to confirm the code enforcement had received complaints of trash-heavy urine smell and cockroaches. I don't know what I'm more disgusted by. Cockroaches, which could be anywhere, or the heavy urine smell. I uh, can tell you this. If I didn't have an elevator to use, I'd be sleeping in my car. Uh, the housing inspection for the sanitary complaint of the hallways took place this morning with the management given notice to rectify those issues. That was, of course, after 22 News called them and said, hey, what's going on over here? 22 uh, News did reach out to the Springfield supervisor within the state's elevator inspectors and the Edgewater's property manager, but I've yet to hear back. He's a very uplifting fellow, that uh, elevator guy. Yes, I'm sure he is. He'll never let you down. Oh, he'll bring you up. 
and he'll let you down. Oh, yeah, but he'll let you down all the time. He'll also desert you, just like he did these people with this apartment complex. He's no Rick Astley. No, he's he's not. That's for sure. Uh, one suspect was arrested after an extensive investigation into the trafficking of a large amount of cocaine and fentanyl from 81 Bessemer Street in Springfield. Back on December 21st, detectives were granted two search warrants for the suspect's home at 81 Bessemer Street in his vehicle. On the 22nd, the officers conducted a traffic stop of the suspect. During that traffic stop, they found approximately 136 grams of cocaine. Uh, police then searched his home and seized 13,900 fentanyl pills, 30 pounds of cocaine, 406 grams of raw fentanyl, a firearm, and approximately $190,000 in uh, counterfeit U.S. currency was located inside the home. Am I crazy or is that a lot of stuff? That's a lot of stuff. The total street value of the seizure is worth more than $2 million. Hmm. The suspect, 51-year-old Alonzo Williams of Springfield, was arrested without incident and was sent to the Mass State Police Barracks in Springfield. He's being held uh, on $75,000 cash bail, and the next court date is January 24th. You know, whenever you do a story and you give out uh, an address, mm-hmm. I'm very nosy. So I always I always Google it real quick, right? Do you Zillow it? I would Zillow it to well, see what the Zillow, price is. Well, Zillow came up. Yeah. It's actually a very attractive house. Really? I mean, it's a it's a small house. I mean, it's, what is it small? Probably like a... Uh, okay, it's like yeah, eleven eleven hundred square feet. But I have to tell you, uh, the design inside is quite nice. I mean, if you like uh, naughty pine and uh, you know new appliances, it's actually quite an attractive house. Oh, a very attractive house. It's v- and he could have uh, paid that off with all the money that he had in it, but he didn't. Yeah, instead he wanted cocaine and fentanyl going in and out of uh, you know all across those beautiful uh, you know uh, you know. Wood floors and yeah, oh man, ooh, ooh, mini splits, ooh, mini splits. Those are the good. I have those. I know you do. They're pretty good. Big backyard, garage, nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I'm saving a lot of money with those mini splits. Are you really? Why? Well, I, I, uh, I think we talked <clears> about. <throat> didn't we talk about the price of oil and all that stuff? Yes. So if I use the baseboard heat, the old boiler uh, thing, mm-hmm. I go through a lot of oil doing that. If try to heat the house that way. Right. The wood stove I have too small to really heat the house, and it's kind of a pain in the butt to to do all that. So uh, I got these mini split things. I run those all the time. Now, yes, the electric bill is higher, but it's still not as high as how much of I would spend if I was buying a tank of oil every month. Right. Which, which I had done for uh, when I first moved in. That gets expensive. So those mini splits yeah. save you a lot of money. I'll be damned. This is, I should work for Mass Safe. So Zillow reports that that house on Bessemer Street was sold last October. So this guy just moves right in, and it was, okay. He moves right in, starts his drug trade, Mm -hmm. and then, boom, arrested just months after moving in. Yeah, you still didn't even unpack the boxes. You're not not even done paying off the uh, the interest payments. Right. What do you you get a housewarming gift for a guy who has everything? (laughs) And by everything, we mean fentanyl, cocaine, scales. Yeah. Hey, you need a candy tray for that fentanyl. That ba- you have the basket of pills coming out like they're dinner mints. How about this welcome mat? Do you like a, a good welcome mat? A uh, driver crashed. How about into- a curio cabinet? <clears throat> oh, I love those. A uh, driver crashed into a fire truck on I ninety one South in Windsor Locks this morning. Public safety uh, dispatchers confirmed that the Windsor Locks Fire Department vehicle was involved in a collision just before four a.m. 
State police said the fire truck had been parked in the right and center lanes right before exit 38. Its crew was there for a prior crash. Uh, troopers said 58-year-old Gloria Keefe of Suffield was driving at the driving in the right center lane and struck the truck. Uh, Keefe needed to be transported to St. Francis Hospital for minor injuries. The fire truck was unoccupied at the time of the collision, so no firefighters got hurt. Uh, Keefe was found to be at fault. According to state police, she was issued an infraction for traveling too fast for, condi- for conditions and failure to move over or slow down for an emergency vehicle. Mm. This fire truck is messed up. Is it? Yeah. Like the whole, I mean, obviously the, the cab of it is okay, but the front end is all banged up. How do they get uh, the information so quickly? If this happened this morning, you already have and have charged the driver and released her name. Uh, well, I mean, if she's uh, if she's you know been arrested or detained in any way, yeah. she wasn't detained. She was sent to a hospital and she got cited. It just seems weird that they would yeah. release all the information mm-hmm. like that. I don't know. You're uh, oh no, we're not we're not done to the Pioneer Valley forecast yet. No, give us something else. We got plenty of stuff to talk about. You want to talk about stuff? Sure. How about uh, two main issues when robbing a place? How to get in and how to get away with all that stuff you're stealing. These people did not think through the second part. You ready? Okay. Two people in Florida, a man and a woman, were arrested last weekend after breaking into a home through an unlocked door. They also allegedly stole from a Dollar General earlier in the day. Smart. Well, they're hitting the highfalutin places. <laughs> and it wasn't hard to catch them. While at the house, they called 911 for some reason. They didn't say anything, so deputies were dispatched to the area. When they showed up, the female thief said they had called 911 to ask law enforcement to help them move stuff from the house they were robbing and to give them a ride to the airport because they were going to New York. Does I, I'm a little confused here. Yeah. Does law enforcement provide that service? No, they don't. They're not, they, will, they, they will not help you move a couch? Well, they might help you move the stuff back into the place, and then the only ride you're getting is to the jail. You're uh, not going to the airport. Yeah, I, I guess I wasn't uh, clear on that. I'm not going to waste costly gasoline giving you a ride to the airport. No, but uh, if I can get a couple first responders to help me redecorate my house. The deputies did help them bag up a few items they stole and did give them a ride, but again, not to the airport. They were taken to jail where they were both charged with burglary. you got to have a pretty big set to call 911 and say, Hi, i got an emergency. Um, I'm trying to move a, a chest of drawers down a, uh, up some stairs, and I'm having a hard time. That's um, I have an officer come by here to help me uh, navigate this? Yeah. I, why would you do that? I, I, People are idiots. Well, like, and it's, it's, it's an emergency situation. If, he, if, he, if the guy leaves, you know, the chest of drawers is going to fall down the stairs. That's, that's true. What you're in a, it's an emergency situation. What do you do? That's the conundrum. It's a it's a terrible, terrible thing. We should do a whole segment on solving people's uh, criminal problems. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, <laughs> Bax and Nagel solve your problems. You're, uh, I believe, it's one of the uh, classes in uh, Steve Nagel's <laughs> College, College of Knowledge. Knowledge. <laughs> your uh, Pioneer Valley forecast today: rain, uh, high of 54 tomorrow. Rain, high of 44. It's 39 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Oh yeah. Who knows grow? He knows grow. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. I believe it's, that's the Crash Test Dummies with... <laughs> <laughs> doing 
Rolling Stones covers. Yeah. It's 749 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Uh, it's going to rain for the next couple of days. 54 for a high today. It's 39 right now in downtown Springfield. Now hear this with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Told you, you know, last couple days, well, yesterday and today, that I was uh, unaware that the capital of Pennsylvania was Harrisburg. Slipped your mind. Uh, I don't know. I would have thought it was Philadelphia or Pittsburgh or uh, Scranton, at least. Yeah, right. You know, on one of those other places, but it wasn't. None of those. It was, uh, it's Harrisburg. So then uh, we got into this whole discussion. It's like, well, let's 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 pull out the fifty states song. Now, this is a, only a mere four minutes and fifty six seconds. Okay, we, we probably won't get through the whole thing, but uh, let's start without. We're the United States of America. We're fifty strong and proud. Here's the names of all our states and their capitals, sing loud. My name is Alabama. My capital's Montgomery. Welcome to Alaska. Juno's a How far are we going into this? California. Well, let's see if we can fast forward to hear them say. Let's see. Montana, North Dakota. Uh huh. We're, we're getting close. Ohio is my name and Columbus is on mine. Uh huh. Uh, so no, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta get past Oregon too. All right, let's see. Uh, Oregon. Mm-hmm. Oh, here we go. Ready? Okay. Yes. Oh, there you oh, go. There you go. See, we, we we had to we had to get all the way through it. Had you had this one on shuffle, you would have known that Harrisburg was the uh, capital city of Pennsylvania. I had no idea. I had no idea that I, if I had put, you're right, if I had put that on a playlist, none of this mess would have ever happened. That's right. Uh, let's see. Uh, apparently over the last few, here's clip number two. Apparently over the last few years, a trend of eating your Christmas tree to not waste it has been getting more popular. Eating it? Eating it. I, I don't, don't think you're supposed to eat it. How am I going to get that, all that plastic through my bowels? <laughs> I don't understand. Do I have to take the lights and balls off first? Here he is. Uh, yes, you do. You you don't eat the balls. You don't eat the balls. No, you don't eat the balls. The balls the go. Balls in the, are the best part. The balls go in the box for next year. Bet you can't eat just one. Here is uh, Julia Georgialis, author of How to Eat Your Christmas Tree, talking about the different ways you can ingest your tree. How to Eat Your Christmas Tree is a cookbook that explores the unsung edible heroes of our forests, the humble Christmas trees and their evergreen friends. In the US and UK alone, 40 million trees are harvested and thrown away each year. My Little Green Cookbook's 22 delicious recipes with ideas such as Christmas tree cured salmon, spruce flavored ice cream and Christmas tree alcohol. All right, remind me never to go to her house for a dinner party. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, what are you cooking up there? Oh, this uh, this steak tastes a little pine, pine-like, like an air freshener. Is this is this elm we're tasting? Yeah, it's fantastic. What, what is this uh, gross? I, I don't understand why people get all upset about Christmas trees being cut down. Because most Christmas trees come from a Christmas tree farm. Right. Which are then regenerated for seasons to come. Like, don't they, like, when you go on a farm, don't they have, like, 
well, these will be ready in two years, and these will be ready in whatever. You know, like, don't they have, like, a cycle of yeah. uh, when the uh, It's not like the you're trees... going into the woods and chopping down trees. That would be different. Yeah, right. I don't understand the, the people getting all upset. And I now you're creating uh, you're creating uh, more mulch. And do I want to bring a fake tree with all its uh, harmful chemicals into my house? I don't think so. We used to love burning them. That was the best part. It's fun, isn't it? The way it's the, that real dense smoke. Well, when you when you when it's all dried out, yeah, you haven't uh, you haven't let it uh, you haven't put any water into it in a week or two, and then all the pine needles start browning up. Ah, uh, you take that on the front lawn and you set throw, it on fire, man. Throw a yeah. road flare on it like my old man did, and we just have a laugh and laugh. And it's all part of the Christmas holiday, and then he would pass out. So it brings families together. That's right. Clip number three. Uh, would you like to hear a theory on why men decide to get married? Yes. This TikToker has one, and it actually kind of makes sense, at least to her it does. I came across this photographer. She's obviously been at a lot of weddings, and she observed that the men were marrying the woman in front of them at the time that they were ready to get married, implying that that wasn't necessarily that man's soulmate or that man's love of his life. It was just the girl he was dating at the time he was ready to get married and settle down. When a man decides that he is financially and emotionally ready for marriage and ready to settle down, down and ready to start a family he takes a way different approach to dating that part in his brain of like oh there's another girl out there shuts off because now his focus is on marriage it's not in finding the next best thing well she's got it all figured out doesn't yeah, she she's just got it all figured oh, yeah. out all yeah. the wheels are turning in her head right oh uh, you know exactly what you're talking about i have a, a an audio clip uh, that you might want to hear uh, about the uh, the whole uh, uh, the whole uh, Damar Hamlin story, uh, a local newscast decided to talk to someone with a, a traumatic brain injury to uh, to get his take on it. Oh yeah, let's yeah. Fans and the league. It was a tremendously important game, and everybody was watching. Monday night during a matchup between the Buffalo Bills and Cincinnati Bengals, Bills safety Damar Hamlin collapsed. Emergency crews rushed onto the field, performed CPR, and used a defibrillator, all unprecedented during an NFL game. Players taking... Transform from... Scott Cohen. What? Yeah, <laughs> Scott Cohen, <laughs> talking to Western Mass News. Why was he interviewed for Western Mass News? I don't know. I think he knows somebody over there. Yeah. There might be there might be an employee or two that was still around when he used to work there years ago. Hey, uh, remember when we fired you from here? You want to come back and do an interview? <laughs> sure. Yeah. <I'll> do it. <laughs> Nothing but phonies. Oh, buddy, you couldn't swing a dead cat this <laughs> Listen, Scott Cohen will will speak at any function, whether it's whether it's a story about something that he has nothing to do with or at a retirement party. He'll just say a few things at the top of his head. I like that's my new impression for Scott Cohen. <laughs> hey, hey, check out my martini tattoo. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there you go. There it's seven fifty six, and that's now here. This with Bax and Nagel. Welcome to New England Patriots football. Every game, every. And now, Bax's view from the couch. Brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware, Winter Storm Headquarters. Before and after the storm.
Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Folks, if I were a young, spry, barrel-chested 26-year-old man who was on the cusp of busting through his financial potential, I would try to be mindful of the fact that no employer in his right mind is interested in paying me what I am worth. And as a man with 30 years more experience than you, I can tell you, your employer isn't going to get any more generous over time. That's why you have to understand your value. And in the case of Raphael Devers and the Boston Red Sox, I'm beginning to wonder if either side really understands what any of that means. Yesterday is reported that the Red Sox have signed third baseman Raphael Devers to a one-year contract to avoid going to arbitration in which they would probably lose tens of millions of dollars. Instead, they gave him a one-year contract worth a reported $17.5 million. Now, I understand that the Red Sox have some financial considerations to deal with. I mean, they're paying Trevor Story $27 million a season. Chris Sale's going to be making $16 million. And Kenley Jansen, who they just signed, is going to also make $16 million as well. And they certainly couldn't afford to keep Mookie Betts or Xander Bogarts because those guys wanted to earn exactly what they were worth. But to give a guy like Devers $17.5 million so they would avoid having to face paying significantly more when the arbitrator would almost certainly rule against them. That says to me that either the Red Sox got lucky on this one or Devers ain't all that sharp. I'm going to go with a combination of the two. When lesser players than you are raking in hundreds of millions of dollars in their contract for ridiculous periods of time, now is not the time to settle for a one-year deal. And when more competitive teams are poaching your free agents because you no longer appear to have the desire to field or pay for a competitive team, then perhaps it's time to get out of the baseball business and let somebody else use their millions of dollars for the greater good. Raphael never deserves a long-term contract. Giving him a one-year deal, a one-year buffer, is only going to prolong the inevitable when he walks out the door and makes more money than you're willing to spend. And that's not how you should be doing business. But hey, the my Yappin' Sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Ah, home sweet home. Clutter, garbage, grime, get rid of it. Go to Rocky's. Cleaning supplies are on sale. Trash bags, trash cans, storage totes, and shelving all on sale right now. You'll clean up at your neighborhood Rocky's Ace Hardware. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's uh, 8.09 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Going to be uh, rainy today for a high of 54. Tomorrow, rainy with a high of 44. It's 39 right now in downtown Springfield. Now, yesterday, hang on. I finished up the last time. Yeah, get that last sip. Iced coffee there. Uh, Yesterday, uh, we received an email, probably around 5 o'clock yesterday afternoon, from our boss, and it was a, a forwarded email from the guy that just left here. Jerry. Remember, we, we talked about this uh, a, a couple of weeks ago. We had his retirement party. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I said some things. It's the retirement party where Scott Cohen thought he was uh, compelled to say a few words, even though he was told that uh, it was only going to be me and the boss speaking, and that right. was it. Right, right. Yeah, and that guy. Scott Cohen. <laughs> that's, that's Scott Cohen now, by the way. Um, yeah, so anyway, uh, he le- his last day was last Friday. And obviously we were on vacation, so we didn't come in here for the, I guess they had a pizza party here or something. So the guy, uh, Jerry, he sends a a note, uh, like his final, his final email. And it's, uh, it's entitled TTFN. Now this is, again, this was forwarded from our boss to all of us here because it must have been something 
that he sent from his personal account or something like that. I yeah. don't know. I don't know. Yeah. But the email comes over and you open it up and the entire email is formatted in this weird way where every letter of every word and every space between each word is on its own line. Yeah, it's like one continuous vertical line. Like he hit enter after every single letter. Yeah, so I'm like, oh. God, Jerry, did you really do this? And I'm scrolling down, and I'm like, wow, this is like the never-ending email, and it's all in one line. <laughs> and I'm sitting there, and I'm I'm looking at it, and I'm reading it. Uh, well, I've emptied the trash, wiped down the porcelain, and restocked <laughs> the paper towels. Yes, Steve, I got your note. Now, again, it, Steve's not. Steve has the ability to read, as you know, um, but it's hard to read anything in a vertical, right? In especially a vertical if, line, yeah, and especially if it's not like a word per line. This is a letter per line, yeah. And I'm reading the whole thing with, with punctuation, by yeah. the way, and and you know. In in true Jerry fashion, it's very witty. It's funny. It's not like hilariously funny, but the hilarious part about it is, this is the exactly the kind of thing this guy would do. Put it in a format so you can't read it, and you have to <laughs> meticulously read every single letter. Yeah, and, it, and I'm like, and I wrote back, and I never write back on all staff emails. And I wrote back in true Jerry fashion, you know, something to the effect of, well, in true Jerry fashion, that was a that was a great exit email. Yeah, you, you said uh, that was the best goodbye email I've ever read. He makes us work for it in true Jerry fashion. And I had written, because I was the only other one that, yeah. that uh, wrote, I said, I find this very hard to read for a lot of reasons. Best of wishes, Jerry. Right. You know, and that was, and and, I, and could, like, if you got it on your phone, that was the format you you had to read it Because in. you're seeing it the same way I'm seeing totally it. Totally seeing it the same way. So then uh, I'm like, oh, we got to talk about this tomorrow. <laughs> I mean, this is a, this is a, the, the ultimate Jerry troll, like trolling everybody in the building by making them work for their note. And you have... And whenever he'd put something up here in the office, you would have to always read the fine print because that was the funniest part. He, did, I mean, he years ago we had a toaster, yeah, uh, uh, upstairs in our little kitchen, yeah. And he put, he wrote out like the most uh, insanely detailed, detailed instructions on how to properly use the toaster. I mean, it was like which they were all wrong, by the way. Oh but yeah, it no, was yeah. very detailed. Oh, you could never make yeah. toast his way. But there, yeah. there, I mean, there had to be like you know fifteen paragraphs mm -hmm. of how to make toast. There's yeah. all, and, yeah. and also the the Keurig machine up, upstairs where he where he's got a whole diagram of an engine manifold. Right. <laughs> it, I mean, it was just the kinds of things that he did. And even there's a sign still on the door upstairs that <laughs> says that "Emergency." Yeah. That one, the, the emergency exit. Yeah, it says "Emergency exit." Do not use all in big letters and in really fine print. It says, you know, unless of course it's an emergency. You know, that kind of that right. kind of thing that he would do. So I'm thinking this guy just trolls everybody by making this email so difficult to read. I sit down two minutes before this segment, and I open up the email on my desktop. It's perfectly fine. Well, There's it's, no, the, 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 it's the, still written in small paragraphs, so I don't know if he... <laughs> I don't know if this is just something that happens on your phone, but 
I mean, I, every, anybody that opened this yesterday on a phone had to be terribly annoyed by the whole thing. Yeah. But all said, well, that's Jerry for you. Yeah, exactly. And that's and I was like, I was like clapping him. I'm going, nice job, Jerry. <laughs> this is the way to stick it to him. The last email that you write. I'm in the car with my wife yeah. yesterday, and I st- and, and I we get home, and I open up the email because I see that the, it just came in. And I start laughing. I'm going, of right. course. Of, of course, course he, did he this. would do this. Absolutely. Yeah. And now I, we both and, feel like a couple of dopes yep. opening up on our desktop. Because we realized he didn't do that. Maybe he just wasn't the great comedian we all <laughs> thought he was. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll, I'll, re- I'll read you the, uh, can I read the email? Yeah, go right ahead. <clears throat> well, I've emptied the trash, wiped down the porcelain, and restocked the paper towels. Yes, I got your note, Steve. I guess it's time to push my chair in and head home. Thank you for all the friendship, support, and appreciation you've given me over the years. Thank you, too, for the most generous gift. We got him a nice little, we got him a gift card to Dollar General. Uh, our, <laughs> no, it was actually a lot nicer than that. My bags are packed, but uh, my, Peg, his wife, says uh, she has to check the no-fly list again. Now, I'm reading this like in the little thing, and I'm like, oh, I had to read it like three times to see what he was saying there. My years at Rock 102 have been immensely fulfilling and, well, fun. I can't imagine working anywhere else, so I'm not going to. I'll miss all of you, but Scarecrow, I think I'll miss you most of all. It's on you to figure out who plays Scarecrow in this little drama. That's my time, folks. You've been great. Be sure and try the chef special, and don't forget to tip your server. I'd start with Carl. He has no cartilage in his left knee, so if you hit him there, he's going to fold up like a $4 ladder. And then he gives his contact information, and he ends it with TTFN, which Ta-ta for now. Which he, he always uh, sent emails like that. Yeah, well, I mean, it's a, that that is a huge you know loss for all of us because Jerry is a, an absolute gem and and has been here since the since I believe Marconi invented radio. He, but uh, he's just st- a wonderful guy. He started here, I believe it was the year after I was born. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't even a full year yet. I was only like six months old right. when he started here. But yeah. I just feel. Like I was all excited that he did this trolling thing by making us read this email <laughs> to find out that it was just a format issue when it goes to the Apple iPhone. Well, you know what? He's the kind of guy that would know that would happen too, and and because he was yeah. an insanely smart guy, and I can totally see him. The thing is, you can see him doing it, and you can see him just kind of giggling to himself, like, yeah. "Well, that'll teach him. Yeah, this this will get him busy." Yeah, but 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 he didn't do it. He didn't. He didn't intentionally do that. It would have been better if he had intentionally did it, but now I think it's even better because I'm an idiot and had to read, and I read every single line. (laughs) That takes We both did. That takes forever to read when you're reading it in a line like that. It'll be funny to find out how many people in the office had to read it that way, too, and I'm going to guess probably most of them. Well, we're going to find out. We are going to find out. We'll get to the bottom of it, but oh, my God, it was so funny when I'm reading reading it last night because again it's it's yeah it is what you expect out of him <laughs> so awesome he's a trickster that guy yes he is it's uh 818 with Bax and nagel and rock 102 g2 springfield's classic rock it's 826 and aerosmith with Bax and nagel and rock 102 it is going to be rainy for the next couple of days 54 for a high today 44 for a high tomorrow 39 right now in downtown springfield uh the daily podcast is going to get posted just after 10 o'clock this morning if you missed any part of a today's show or yesterday's show or any show since i'd say mm, september or so 
Check out the uh, the daily podcast. It's available on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, and on rock102.com. Also, Baxi's musical podcast this week, uh, Western Mass legend Lou Barlow from Dinosaur Jr. Uh, really cool interview. We talk about all kinds of things, Dinosaur Jr., Sebado, Folk Implosion, uh, all the other bands that he's been in, including some of the hits uh, that he's written. You can check that out also on rock102.com. You know, uh, these airlines with all the problems that they have, <clears throat> yeah. You know, n- technology has, are, is calling the airlines out. And the perfect example is of this woman. Uh, most of us know the travel fear of a bag not appearing on the belt after a flight. Some of us evermore, thanks to the uh, aviation chaos this year, know the gut punch of it not appearing. But an increasing number of travelers know what it's like to lose a bag and get it back, not because of airlines' uh, diligence, but because they knew their bag's location uh, thanks to a tracking device they'd packed with their clothes. Valerie Sisbella is the latest uh, with the story to tell. The disinformation researcher from Washington, D.C. received her lost luggage after nearly six days, during which she tracked it as it went on walkabouts to local malls and McDonald's while the airline told her that the bag was safely in its distribution center. <laughs> in fact, it appeared to be at someone's home, an apartment complex, where she said she was. she found other emptied and discarded suitcases out by the trash. The story she has to tell of how her bag was lost and found and how United Airlines dealt with her case is enough to make you never check your bag again. So basically, without going into the whole thing, she had an Apple AirTag inside the bag. Right. She gets to her destination, and it was like a, you know, connecting flights or whatever. And they're telling her, oh, sorry, your bag didn't make it here. It's in our distribution center. We'll get it to you in the next couple of days. So she agreed to say, okay, yeah. She could see it was at some other location, another airport. And then a couple of days later when it was supposed to be delivered to her, she realizes that the bag is not at her place because she has the Apple AirTag to track it. And it's a couple of miles away from her. It's at this, what I just said about the uh, the apartment complex. But she's they're showing screenshots of her texting the online people at United and she explains what happened and then the person from United goes calm down you have your bag at the delivery service and then she says then why is my Apple Air tag in this apartment complex (laughs) if you aren't reading it's as if you aren't reading my message can I send you a picture of the dump United passenger bags by the dumpster I've already emailed to uh, one of those people that were here I need an explanation for why my property is here at this apartment complex I'm sorry, I don't know why it's showing there. But your bag is safe at the delivery service. No, it's not. No, it's not. I don't understand how these companies, <clears throat> like, technology is going to, is really getting to these companies now. This is why the FAA said they didn't want to have, um, whatchamacallit, uh, what? they didn't want to have air tags allowed in bags. Yeah, because they don't want to be held accountable for things. Right, because all the airlines were complaining, going, we can't have these electronic devices in these bags. They're just tracking devices. They're just like a telephone or any other thing that you bring on an airplane. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, you're right. Technology is making customer service very important. Yeah. And uh, because you can track, you can find you know alternate places to buy stuff, you yeah. can find places to complain about stuff. You know, I mean, companies are just going to have to figure out a better way to treat their customers a little bit better because the ramifications of this, this now making it into being made into a news story 
Looks pretty bad on United. Yeah, but do you see what they do? They try to say, well, we don't want these air tags on here because they're going to interfere with the uh, the thing on the plane. That's bull crap. Yeah. It's a, it's they, a total bull They crap. don't want to be held uh, responsible. Right. So what you do is you lobby all the, your politician friends and say, hey, let's change the rules of the FAA so we don't have to worry about customer service. This is, <laughs> this is the kind of crap that you got to deal with. Everybody. It's uh, 830. We got news next on Rock 102. Here's your Western Mass News first. 833. We're back to Nagel on Rock 102. It's time for news. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Uh, thanks, Max. A five-year-old boy died after a fire that occurred on Christmas Eve in Chicopee. At around 12.07 p.m. on Saturday, December 24th, crews were called to a fire at a three-story multifamily home in the area of 759 Chicopee Street. When firefighters arrived, they were told a child was still inside. The five-year-old was rescued and taken to a local hospital where he died due to his injuries. Fifteen people were left without a home after the fire. One resident and a firefighter are recovering from their injuries. One cat was rescued and a dog and two cats died in the fire. The uh, fire is also believed to have started in the living room on the third floor, but the cause has not yet been released. What a horrible, horrible Awful. story. Um, it's hard to go into other things when you talk about something so grim like that. Yeah, I mean, it's that's the way the news works. Uh, I know, uh, but let's shift gears. Okay. All right. Charlie, Governor Charlie Baker has agreed to a new law aimed at making roads safer for vulnerable users, such as bicyclists, pedestrians, skateboarders, and anyone else who is not in a vehicle. Baker signed the bill, H-5103. Makes H-5102 look like a bylaw. Yeah, no kidding. Sunday, after it gained momentum during the quiet informal sessions that have been held since formal sessions ended on August 4, 4, uh, 1st, the legislation calls for larger vehicles to be equipped with lateral protective devices, additional mirrors, and backup cameras. It also requires officials to report information about crashes involving vulnerable road users and allows municipalities to petition to modify speed limits on state highways within their borders. Baker in September returned the bill to the legislature with amendments while also expressing support at the time for several components of the bill. The House and Senate rejected the government's, governor's amendments, but further made changes uh, to the bill last week before uh, returning it. So uh, the bill broadly defines vulnerable user as a pedestrian, including a person engaged in work or upon. It's basically to help people on bikes and, and walking around. Yeah. Because a lot of people are getting hit. Well, it's, yeah, I can't, you know, none of us can speak for what's going on in other parts of the state, but certainly around here, a lot of pedestrian accidents. Yeah. Especially within the last month or so, two You're, months. You realize today is uh, Charlie Baker's last full day in office? Really? Yeah, this is it. That would have been nice that if he had uh, responded and gotten back to us. Well, we we certainly put it out there. Well, they put it out there. They actually did put it out there. They asked. They said, we would like to have the uh, other governor come on in, hang with you two. But we were off. That was the problem. We were going to be off. And I said, well, why don't we just make it that week, you know, uh, the week of the first. And uh, nothing. Crickets. Well, hey, listen. <sighs> Even though we uh, had a fine, fine relationship for many years, he's moved on. We can always interview him as the head of the NCAA, and then start you know trying to get Maura Healy on the show. Yeah, good luck with that. Maura Healy would never come on this show. I don't see why she wouldn't. We've had every other governor on the show at one point or another. You know, you think we could get Maura Healy on this? Show? I do. Really? Yes. I don't uh, see why not. I'd be interested. What makes Maura Healy so special she couldn't come on our show? I don't know. She didn't uh, ask to come on the show when she was campaigning. She didn't need to. 
Why not? I think people just naturally assume she was going to win. Why would you naturally assume somebody is going to win? Mar- Did- Martha Martha Stewart or Coakley or whatever her name was, she assumed she was going to win. Yeah, and look what happened. She didn't win. And why? Yeah, but maybe she would have learned the lesson from Martha Coakley. Yeah, well, that maybe she well, and she probably didn't feel feel like she needed to because her support was uh, was so great at the moment. Motorists that are driving on Connecticut roadways are reminded to move over or to slow down for emergency vehicles. A Windsor Locks Fire Department truck was hit on I-91 southbound this morning, according to the Department of Emergency Services and Public Protection. The fire truck was blocking the right and center lane of uh, of four on I-91 southbound because of a previous crash at exit 38. The other vehicle, a 2019 Ford Escape, was driving in the right center lane and hit the fire truck. The driver of the escape was sent to St. Francis Hospital for her injuries and was issued an infraction. The fire truck was unoccupied at the time of the accident. Yeah, I don't even. Well, I mean, uh, sounds like the lady's going to be okay. But uh, the embarrassment of hitting a fire truck. I mean, it's, it's not like they're just indiscreet vehicles. I mean, you know, they usually got the sirens on. I mean, they're usually very loud and colorful. Well, I remember the, the old uh, insult. Uh, you know, your mom is so dumb. How dumb is she? She'd hit a parked car. <laughs> we'll say, uh, yeah, your dad's so dumb he hit a fire truck on I-91 when it was parked in the center line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's, there's got to be a way to not hit emergency vehicles when you're driving around she's i mean she was obviously going pretty fast when she slammed into this thing because the front of the fire truck is all messed up all of it see i try to you see if i see an emergency vehicle on the side of the road i do whatever i can to go all the way around it and yeah. i and i don't do the old looky loo thing where i'm you know craning my neck to see oh what's going on with this i just want to get past the vehicle and move on. I uh, I always move over when I see e- even a car on the side of the road, I right? Over, because you can get sucked into traffic with the wind going by like that. If they're if you're yes. close enough and you're stand, let's say you're changing a tire on the side of the road, and uh, that's why they want you to move out of the way. You know, I know we got a law, you know, for this, but how many times do you see it on a highway where people don't move over? Yeah, you know some uh, some state cops pulling somebody over on the Mass Pike, and you're staying right there in the uh, in the lane, not moving, not getting out of the way. You're causing a problem, or the potential of problems. You're an agitator, a, a huge agitator. I can't respect that. We've seen a lot of year-end lists this past month, but uh, I think this one's my favorite. The Consumer Product Safety Commission keeps running a tally of ER visits in the U.S with short descriptions of how each person got hurt. So someone went through and found the funniest ways men have injured their groinal areas in 2022. Okay. Ready? Yep. A man, number one, a man went to the ER after scrubbing himself too hard with a loofah. How hard is too hard? You really gotta be into that (laughs) to get... I mean, how filthy did you start off where you felt like, I got to really grind this one out? might not have been uh, filthy. You just uh, greasing up the pole, so to speak. With a loofah, though. Eh, loofah's a little rough. That's like, you know, like with a high-grit sandpaper mm-hmm. and a belt sander. 
a man was using a French press when it shattered and spilled hot coffee into his crotch. That's a tragic accident. That could happen. That's, I could a, talk, that's I, a tragedy. It is. I can see you getting too rambunctious with the French press plunger. Yeah. Slamming it down, smashing all over the place. Uh, a man got karate chopped, karate chopped in the groin by his kid. Oh, to, Jesus. He went to the ER uh, 10 days later because he was still hurting. Yeah, that's that's when you get your kid to start doing other activities. See, I want to know the follow-ups on these visits. That's what I want. What happened to the guy? Well, I mean, this, yeah, I mean, how, how severe was he injured? Uh, I don't know. Because if you got to go to the emergency room for something like that. 10 days later. And you're still feeling it. You and have that, a little contusion. Yeah, apparently that kid's got quite a chop. Uh, a man accidentally ran straight into the tip of a mop handle. <sighs> mm. Ooh. Accidentally. <laughs> uh, a guy caught got caught in his zipper and was still stuck when he showed up at the hospital. We got a bleeder! <laughs> Isn't that God. something about Mary? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Uh, a guy was uh, sitting on the toilet holding a nail file, leaned forward to grab toilet paper, and stabbed himself in the business. Who does that? Uh, why were you holding the nail file on the toilet? Well, I mean, he, I guess if he was filing his nails, I, I guess. guess. But, but you know, if you, you get, put yeah. a sharp object away from you. Uh, a man was working out with a friend with an elastic exercise band, slipped out of the friend's hand, and the handle struck him in the groin. <laughs> That I've seen that like, on Reddit a million times. I was gonna say that sounds like a, that sounds like a prank that you pull on your buddy. Hey, watch this! <laughs> uh, and a man was having a pillow fight with his dog. The dog lunged for the pillow and accidentally bit him down. Oh, bad dog! Uh, here, here's where it gets good. You ready? A guy's groin piercing got caught in a car door, and another guy's piercing got caught in a dishwasher door. All right. Well, first of all, and a third guy slammed his in the fridge. <laughs> you have to be naked for these things to happen. Yeah. Okay. If you're wearing pants, you're protected by a thin layer of cotton or wool or gabardine. But if you're going to be getting these things caught indoors, it's because you are bare ass naked. He slammed it in the fridge door. Now I've got kitchen aids. <laughs> Yes. Yes. Uh, a man was uh, using his uh, pump and suddenly heard a pop. His uh, extending pump. Yeah, right. He wanted a suction do. pump. A suction pump. And then he heard a pop. Doesn't say what happened after that. A bleeder? Must have been. We got a bleeder here, too. Jesus. Uh, some guy tried to circumcise himself with a pair of scissors. That's That's a mistake. That's something that, you need. This to is why we don't play with scissors like this. Yeah, I don't care how much uh, Jägermeister you and your buddies have. Circumcising yourself is not a good yeah, idea. Be kinder to your foreskin. No scissors. No box cutter. No exacto knife. No no paper sh uh, sl you know, slicer. None of that stuff. Uh, a man ended up in the ER after putting a zip tie around his thing while getting it on with his girlfriend. A zip tie. That's gotta hurt. That can't be. How do you how do you clip your way out of that? I don't know. And then uh, some dude got his wedding ring stuck on the base of his. Okay. <laughs> okay. First of all, 
<laughs> yes. How small are you that you can get the that through a ring? Yeah. I, I mean, you would need like, f- you know, fingers the size of kielbasa's in order to to get that in there. It kind of makes me feel not so bad. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if somebody can put a size six around their junk, <laughs> then I'm doing pretty well. Because I've tried it before, yeah. <laughs> and it doesn't fit. It's kind of like that kid on the playground who yeah. told me if you put a shampoo bottle around it, everything will be happy. <laughs> you need something bigger than a swab. Yeah, to make you that really happen, do. Dude. Yeah. Your Pioneer Valley <laughs> forecast today, it's going to be rainy with a high of 54. Tomorrow, rainy with a high of 44. It's 39 in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's somewhat of a newscast on Rock 102. Oh, yeah. It's tubing time at Boskin. You need that song like you need a hole in your head. Rock 102, Springfield. That's insensitive. Rock 102, Springfield's classic rock. It's 851. And uh, Nirvana with Bax and Nagel and Rock 102. Did you have to stumble to realize who that was? You just said, uh, and Nirvana. No, I didn't. Yeah. I knew who it was, and it's, it's actually written right in front of me. I just, mm-hmm. uh, just didn't uh, come up with it right away. Uh, we uh, mentioned earlier, for those of you who uh, may have missed it, <clears throat> that story that we read yesterday about the Ponderosa coming to Chicopee and West Springfield. It's all a big lie, a ruse, a perpetuated ruse. by the local media. Uh, which we, you know, are part of. But uh, we only said it because we heard it from them. So yeah, don't well, look at us. I would like to know how that story got uh, fabricated and put out online. You know, it's like one of those internet rumors. And anyone can start one. I, I do it all the time. It's an internet rumor. And then all of a sudden, someone thinks, well, it must be true because the internet wouldn't lie. And as it turns out, there's absolutely no plan from uh, the Ponderosa's parent company. To bring those delicious nine ninety nine steaks back to uh, Western Mass. No plan. They're not coming to West Springfield. They're not coming back to Chicopee, where they held on for as long as they possibly could. It's not coming back. Now, uh, I know we have we have a policy here uh, through our corporation where we can't like do pranks. We can't uh, pull pranks like yeah. that's, that's against company policy. But what if I, like, uh, personally did that? What if I just did it on my own Facebook page? Is that cover? Uh, am I still covered under that policy? I, I, don't, I don't think you are. What if we, what if we like, came up with something uh, that was completely untrue and uh, see if it's picked up by local media? Like, let's say, uh, let's, let's just say we were to put out that a photo mat, photo mat booths are coming back, and the first one's going to be put in uh, the Eastfield Mall. You know, like something like that. But you got to go inside the mall to get to, right, to get right, right. The booth actually isn't in the parking lot anymore. It's inside the building. Well, first of all, no one would believe that. All right. Well, let's just say a photo mat booth was coming back and it's in the parking lot. Okay. Right next to the test COVID testing site. <laughs> so you can get tested and have your film developed in no time in less than an hour. Yeah, well, there's two booths there. There's one at the beginning of the line. Yeah. You put drop your film off, and by the time – technology's fast these days. By the time you get done getting your COVID test, the film's already done. But then there will be plenty of people who would say, who's using film anymore? Yeah, who is using film anymore? I don't even think professional photographers use, use film anymore. 
I don't remember. Yeah, you're right because any of the ones that I've worked with, like doing weddings and stuff, they've all, all digital. had digital stuff. Yeah. I wonder. Uh, well, there's got to be somebody out there using film because there's there's always that um, there's always that person that uses the, the like the nostalgia piece to it. Or, or yeah, or, I suppose, or, but I don't know anybody who ha- who uses the, like you know dark rooms anymore. No one's yeah. using that. Not if you got like a you put it all on a on a flash drive and boom, you can start uh, rifling through your pictures. You know what's crazy is that twenty. Two years ago, when I took a photography class, it was film. It wasn't digital because we digital cameras didn't really start taking off until like a few yeah. years later. Yeah. And now you don't even need to buy a camera anymore because everything is on your damn phone. Now, you, you don't have, I mean, to be honest, a camera is probably going to take a better picture, If mm. but you have to know what you're doing in order to get there. Whereas any dope with a, with a, with a Verizon account or a T-Mobile account can can be the next Ansel Adams and no one needs to know. Yeah, I had to go buy a camera for this class that I took. And, of course, they're really expensive. So right. I wound up having to buy, like, a used one from one of them, like, Hunt's places. Right. And uh, the filter, some kind of filter that was on the inside was letting light in for every picture I took. So it looked like there was ghosts in every single one of my pictures. There was no ghosts. Uh, yeah. It was just a faulty camera. Now you'd be able to fix that with a digital one. I think it was a faulty photographer. Yeah, well, you know, uh, drinking beers and, you know, <laughs> smoking joints before you went out in your photography class. Yeah, well, that's, you know, you, you got to capture the moment. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, hey, tomorrow is going to be uh, Scott Zolak will be joining us uh, tomorrow morning. Also, it's a Thunderbird Thursday. If you're a uh, Springfield hockey fan, tomorrow is the big day, giving away a nice prize. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. Like what? I don't have that information in front of me at the moment. Tomorrow, when we come in here, uh, I will have I will know specifically what we're giving you. I don't Probably. know if we're giving you flex tickets or you know, tickets to a specific game, but it is a Thunderbird Thursday tomorrow. Listen, when we know, you'll know. Fair we, enough. They don't like the t- they don't like the thing. It's a eight fifty seven with Bax and Nagel on Rock one hundred two. Is I ninety one icy? Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 9-10 and Pat Benatar with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It is uh, going to be uh, rainy today and tomorrow and Friday. And Saturday we'll get to see some sunshine. Finally. But 54 for a high today. It's 40 right now in downtown Springfield. Uh, tomorrow, Scott Zolak will be joining us. We'll be talking about uh, Patriot football and a bunch of other things. And also Thunderbird Thursday uh, tomorrow as well. Uh, I just want to mention uh, local comedian uh, Artie Robb. I had I had worked with this guy years ago. Um, I started doing stand up comedy back in two thousand three at this uh, place called. Um, oh man, now I can't remember the name of it. <laughs> Why can't I remember? Uh, Isn't that weird? You can't remember the names of places. The Lindbergh Baby Laugh Lounge. No, it was a place in Holyoke, and uh, it, it doesn't matter where it was. But the, this guy Artie Rob, he 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 was one of the like we 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 all looked at him like oh it's the seasoned comedian because he had been around for quite some time yeah and and made quite a career uh, he was a very funny comedian i remember the first time i saw him was at the uh, the springfield sheraton on like a like a new year show right. back in like 99 i i, I had seen him at uh, at marty's old club in chicago years yeah, ago yeah right. yeah and uh, unfortunately uh, you know he had some he had some recent health setbacks and then unfortunately he passed away sometime either last night or or this morning and there's all these online tributes there uh, but uh, 
he was he was a very funny guy, and he was a very he he had his problems, but we all do. But he w- but as far as the comedy scene goes, he was a, he was a very uh, upstanding, uh, good, helpful comedian to other young comedians that were that were coming on the scene, and it's uh, it's actually a pretty big loss for the for the comedy uh, community. Uh, in Western Massachusetts, and believe it or not, there is one in Western Massachusetts. There's a huge one, actually. There's there, it's, <laughs> a lot of people a, doing it. It's a lot bigger than when I when I started doing it almost 20 years ago. And uh, it, but it, what a tough loss. This was the guy. You remember we, there was a dispute over money at Maddie's Cafe on Boston Road, and then there was a there was a, this was going back to like 2014. Okay, yeah, and. We never knew who the comedian was. Well, we did, but it wasn't it wasn't public it wasn't knowledge. Public knowledge. It was Artie Rob. He didn't get his money, and he took a, a cinder block and threw it into the windshield of the guy's car outside in the parking lot. Okay. Uh, I don't think he got paid. Still, probably <laughs> not. That, probably that. not. But that was like one of those things because when I asked him, I was like, "Well, do you want to come on the show and talk about this?" And he's like. No man, there's just, <laughs> there's all this legal stuff going on. He's like, we're gonna have to wait for that, and then it kind of just faded away. But uh, rest in peace, uh, Artie Rob. Uh, you're gonna be missed by lots and lots of people around here. It's uh, nine thirteen. Bax and Nagel and Rock one hundred and two. Hi, 